I am an uncommon church builder. I am leading second. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart and welcome back to the Leading Second podcast where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. Well, it is a big, big week uh, with Leading Second in that uh, it is the week before Team Church Conference. And as you probably know, Leading Second is an extension of and a new expression of the Team Church tribe. And so uh, next week, we're excited to be at the Team Church Conference and a part of it and contributing to it. And so now this week is prep week. So I hope that you're planning to join us uh, next week here in Tacoma for the Team Church Conference, August 6th through the 8th. And if you can't be here in person, I'd encourage you to go to teamchurchconference.com. We have a live experience that uh, we're offering uh, through Team Church Conference uh, on the site there. Uh, As well, next week, I'm excited to announce that the Leading Second podcast is going to be podcasting live from Team Church. So we actually plan to release multiple episodes uh, next week live from the conference. It's just going to be a fun week. So I hope you're planning to enjoy it with us, take it all in with us. At the end of the day, leading second team church, we all exist for one reason, and that is to move church forward. And we're just believing that next week is going to be an installment into that mission as a part of that vision. So we're just, we're honored and excited to contribute. So anyways, I hope you're well, uh, wherever you're listening to this uh, from today. I hope this podcast finds you well and some are treating you well. Uh, To get going with our episode today, we always take a question from a listener of the Leading Second uh, podcast, who's also part of the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. So let's go to a question from a listener of the podcast this week. Leading Second, this is Janita Boothman from Sydney, Australia and Hillsong Church. I quickly wanted to ask, what are some practical things the best leaders do to avoid burnout? Well, Janita, thanks for sending your your question in. And Lindsay and I love you. Janita happens to be a good friend of Lindsay and I and of Leading Second. And what an awesome question. In fact, we addressed aspects of this on last week's episode of the podcast for anyone listening, you can uh, check out some of our thoughts um, on this topic. But I'll add something else in there today in regards to burnout. One of the greatest books I have ever read on avoiding burnout is the book Leading on Empty by Wayne Cadero. Leading on Empty. In fact, um, I have sent more copies of that book to other leaders and pastors than probably any other book um, I've ever read. I it, it profoundly impacted me, and the systems that he talks about in that book have revolutionized my life and and many others that I know. So I'd highly encourage you to check out Wayne Cadero's book. In terms of practical solutions, he has several in there. One thought that I was turned on to with the book, the reason I actually picked up the book in the beginning, and uh, something that's been so helpful to me has been the idea of a monthly personal retreat day. The idea behind it is one day a month that is strategic where you surface for air, if you will, 
and evaluate your life, where you've been and where you're going one time a month. He has a whole proposed agenda laid out in the book. You can check out his thoughts on it. I just know that idea of surfacing for air personally on a regular basis and um, looking at where I've been, how I'm doing, looking at my dashboard, my personal dashboard, and then considering what God has for me in the next month. I just feel like in some ways I've come alive and um, my leadership journey, my faith journey have been made new. So that's just one practical thought for you, Janita, that I'd have for you today is a monthly personal retreat day. And I'd encourage everyone listening, grab a copy of the book Leading on Empty by Wayne Cadero. And I believe it will it will really impact your life. If you have a question that you'd like to have answered here on the podcast, I'd encourage you to uh, join the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. Uh, leave your question there, or DM us, or email your question to leadingsecond at churchforward.co. And we would love to hear from you and answer your question on an upcoming episode. Okay, so for today's episode, I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Jonathan Malm. Uh, Jonathan leads several companies uh, which help churches to think creatively. Uh, One of them, most notably, is Church Stage Design Ideas, which many of you, I'm sure, have probably been to and and uh, stolen some great ideas for your uh, stage at church. He also has a site called sundaysocial.tv. And most recently, he is the co-author of a new book called The Comeback Effect, How Hospitality Can Compel Your Church's Guests to Return. And he co-wrote that book with Jason Young, who's the Director of Guest Experience at North Point Ministries. Uh, Jonathan loves the local church. He's planted in a local church. And anytime I'm at his church, I see him right in the front row at the first service. And what I love about him is he's always looking for new avenues to help the church be better and to think more creatively. And you're going to love this conversation, especially with the implications it has for all of us who lead second on the weekend. So let's head to our interview today, my conversation with Jonathan Malm. All right. Well, I'm here today with my friend, Jonathan Malm. Hey. Uh, the man, the myth, the creative legend from Texas. <laughs> How are you doing today, Jonathan? Thanks for uh, joining us for a few minutes today. Yeah, doing great. Taking a break from the heat. Right? Yeah, no, the Texas heat is no joke, by the way. You were down here recently and experienced the brutality of San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> and Jesus has delivered me to the mid-70s. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, you know, um, if people uh, may or may not know you, what I love about you is that they most likely have um, come into contact with some of your work and the things that you have developed to uh, help churches and to help churches think creatively. Why don't you, I guess, give everybody listening a little bit of a, a snapshot of, I guess, you know, what you do to help uh, build the church and you know serve the church. Yeah, so I I run a few different projects that help the church, really primarily with creativity. Uh, The first one uh, is churchstagedesignideas.com, which is just a website. Uh, If you've you've searched stage design online, you've probably come across the site. Um, And then I run sundaysocial.tv, which is basically social media graphics for churches. Um, I directed Echo Conference, a conference for creative leaders uh, for one year. I've written a book called Unwelcome, a few others that you might have run into. And for a while, I started a, an online magazine called Sunday Magazine, but I've turned that over to another friend of mine who's who's just rocking it. 
So you don't really have anything going on then is what you're trying to tell us. I do nothing all day. (laughs) (laughs) Just sit around and check email. No, you know, what I love about you, um, Jonathan, and why we're talking today is I love that you have just made so many attempts and, and have seen God really use it, but you've just made so many attempts to help the church think creatively and just have looked at it from all different angles. And I just wanted you to know today, first of all, I appreciate that about you. I appreciate, you know, the fact that you're planted at a local church. You know, I come to your church often. I see you there always on the front row at the first service. (laughs) And like, it just matters to me. So thank you for, you know, getting in line for the church and helping the church and creating as many avenues, you know, as possible for churches to be better. Tell us though, where did that passion come from? I mean, helping the church think creatively. Um, where did that even come from in the first place for you? Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably started whenever I was working with my dad, who was a pastor previously before that we were missionaries to Guatemala and I'm one of those pastors kids that survived, like who right. my dad was, who my dad was at the, in the pulpit was the same as who he was at home. Mm. And I just had a great pastor's kid experience. So it is possible if for pastors out there listening, you, you can't have a kid that doesn't fly off the rails. Actually, all of my siblings, my brother's a, a rider too, and my sister's very involved serving at church. So just seeing kind of the genuineness of what's possible whenever you're living for God and, and living in ministry for God. So that's part of it. And then working with him at a church and seeing it go from a very unhealthy you know, it was a massive church split. There were 75 people in a building that was made for like maybe a thousand and a million dollars in debt and a lawsuit pending all this nastiness and seeing the unhealthiness and then seeing it grow to a healthy, vibrant, strong church and being part of that. That's, that was exciting for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And by the way, that's super encouraging for me as we attempt to raise our own PK that hopefully mm-hmm. will grow to love this thing as much as we do. So that just sidebar, that's, that's extremely encouraging for us. Um, okay, let's, let's start today and uh, tell us something unique um, about Jonathan Mulm. I mean, tell us, tell us something that maybe not a lot of people know about you. Okay, so this is a little embarrassing, but I have a, <laughs> I have a, I have an office in my house and in the closet in my office is a box like a, like a, like a banker's box. And it is filled with, um, magical supplies. Like I am obsessed (laughs) with magic. Like I love new tricks and card tricks. And uh, you probably thought I was going somewhere else with that, but I love magic. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I don't even think I've ever seen you do any of that either. I try to keep it on the down low because it's not it's not the best way to win friends and influence people. <laughs> uh, well, secrets out now, right? <laughs> tell us a bit about your family and your church, man. Just just where who are you? Where do you live? And tell us about your church, your family. Yeah, so my dad actually, uh, I told you he was a missionary, and he now runs a missions agency in Kerrville, Texas, about an hour away from here, and they have like. I don't know, five, 600, 700 missionaries around the world. It's this massive organization. And uh, I think they're the largest organization in Guatemala, which is where we were. And uh, so, yeah, he's still doing that in his, man, I probably should have this number, I guess 60s, late 60s. uh, And he's just going strong. And um, so my brother and sister too, they, they all live within five minutes of me. But I go to Grace Avenue Church in San Antonio, Texas, which is, I think it's one of the coolest churches. Like, you know, you know, our pastor, I yeah, love that guy. Awesome. Uh, good friend. Just again, one of those people who, uh, is who he is like, 
Mm-hmm. He's not a different person in the pulpit than he is whenever you talk to him during the week, which is really cool. I love that. I love that. Okay, so we're talking today because you have just written a book uh, that actually came out this week. So huge congratulations to you uh, on that. Uh, the book is called The Comeback Effect. Uh, yes. The, the, the Come Back Effect. <laughs> about, Space. Yes. yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh, The Come Back Effect and, 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 and um, a bit about the book. Yeah. So it's really, it's a book about how to create an atmosphere of hospitality where guests want to come back. Um, the guy, the guy I co-wrote it with Jason Young, he is, man, he consults with like Ford and Chick-fil-A and hotel groups and Catalyst and Life Church. Like he is all about guest experience. So we got together and and hopefully meshed the the perfect mixture of his huge world experience where he's talking, you know, thousands and thousands of people that are being dealt with. And, and then maybe my experience where I come from 75 to 800 people. So hopefully it's a book that can, can hit churches wherever they so are. Uh, that's really all about how to, how to create an, an atmosphere that'll get guests to come back. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's a pretty phenomenal book. It's doing really well, which is cool. Like it, it's already getting into second printing, um, so Baker yeah. Publishers is, is the publishing company that helped us do that. And, uh, it's, it's, people are liking it, which is cool. So it's fun. Yeah. C- congratulations, man. And, and I, you know, I've read parts of it and I, I have not read it cover to cover. I'm just not going to lie to you. Uh, but, <laughs> Thanks for that endorsement, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, no, I just, I love your spirit of collaboration on it. And I love, I love the whole spirit behind it, which is what I really wanted to unpack today. Um, tell us though. Why did you even collaborate and write this book in the first place? I mean, what problem did you see about the church that you were trying to help with? Yeah, so I before this, I wrote a book called Unwelcome, which was basically my experience both working at a church and then having to visit churches for the first time, you know, having to actually church shop myself, realizing the things that churches unintentionally do that drive away first-time guests, like... So there's like 50 things that I've seen firsthand or done firsthand that uh, drive people away. So um, I wanted to put that down. But man, the comeback effect is really, you know, assuming you have like a greeting team and a parking lot team, like churches have all these things. At the same time, they feel like they're checking all the boxes that get guests to come back, but they're not seeing guests come back. There's some disconnect between checking all the boxes and guests actually coming back. So Jason and I wanted to really dive into what he does at North Point Ministries where he works as the guest services director and and really show that what's missing in that equation. Yeah, you're checking all the right boxes, but there's something missing and we wanted to talk about what that was. That's so good. And what I loved about the book is that you really emphasize, you know, not just the the practicalities and the the function of, uh, you know, the guest experience, like you mentioned, you know, putting out tissues or, (laughs) you know, opening a door or whatever. Um, But you really focus on the experience that a guest is having, uh, a feeling that the guest is having. Talk us through that thought for a minute. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, again, we talk about the idea that, uh, you know, in any church you have specific functions, you know, you have a greeter, you have an usher, and and what they're what they're thinking of on Sunday morning is they're thinking, okay, I am a greeter. I have to open the door, hand someone a bulletin, or or hand them a flyer, and then I have to smile at them, and then they have to come in, and then my job is done. Like you're checking off boxes of functions, right? But we really, the first chapter of the book is really about 
understanding the feeling matters much more than the function. Because the thing is, people mm. are coming into your church feeling pretty strong emotions. A lot of people have right. baggage that they're bringing into your church, into your church with them. Like they had a bad experience at a church before, or, you know, they came up from a really religious background, or they're a little bit worried because they got hurt in their last church, or they're worried because they've never stepped into this church. It's just this, like we create an experience for people where we're trying to get them to belong to, Hey, this is your new family. And like, it's a pretty scary thing to find a new family. Like it's, it's scary enough for me to visit a new coffee shop. Like Right. Think about the, the most hipster coffee shop you've been to. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to order wrong? Like, am I going to say something <laughs> stupid? Like, like I heard someone at a coffee shop the other day ask, do you guys have K-cups with your roasted coffee in them? I'm like, what the oh, heck? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a party but like things like that. Yeah. Things like that. where like that person made themselves look like an idiot. And like, that's what people are coming to your church with is those feelings, those fears, those anxieties. And whenever we focus on those feelings, instead of just our functions, whenever we realize, okay, they're feeling nervous coming up to this door. So I don't wait until they get to the door to open it. I'm actually going to open it way before they get here, even though it lets all the AC out, because I want them to feel confident about walking into a new space. I want to make sure they have room. I don't want them to have to skirt around me. There are all these subtle nuances to the guest experience that when you're focusing on the feeling, it takes it to the next level. Absolutely. Feeling over function. I hope that someone just grabs that thought, you know, feeling over function. I think something that my pastor has always tried to communicate and articulate over the years has been this thought. Um, On the weekends, we lead culture. That may be Mm -hmm. one of the single greatest things a team member does, a staff member does on the weekends is not the function of their job at all but is actually the culture they create. That's kind of our vernacular, you know, yeah. at Champion Center at my home church is, is we lead culture. We, we represent something. We represent our pastor. So I just love that you, you found your own language into that thought that, yeah. that, that's, that all of us as staff members, um, that's actually what we're doing. And I think maybe even something you may not know, about leading second, maybe something a lot of people don't know about leading second is that's exactly the the, the territory we're trying to get into. Is mm-hmm. there's so many resources out there to help people learn the function of their job in, in in a better way, and and I love so many of those things. But what yeah. we're trying to do at leading second is get back into the heart issues that drive mm-hmm. all of us as leaders. And I think if we get it right in our heart about our guests, that we'll provide an experience for them you know, that, that really matches and ministers to them, even from the pavement of the parking lot headed in the front door. Yeah, that, I, I totally agree with that because I am much more concerned with the heart uh, and the effectiveness of a ministry than the the logistics. Because like, I remember my wife and I were, we were church shopping in Dallas, Texas, and we visited two churches which we both loved. Like we would have gone to either of them, but they were drastically different. We went to the village church, which is Matt Chandler's church. And they actually have signs in the parking lot prepared to turn people away that say our service is full. Please come back to the next one. Like, like to me, that's like really stiff arming people, right? Like I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you would do that. Uh, but we were like, man, we love this church. And at the same time, then we went to uh, fellowship church, Ed Young Jr.'s church. Mm -hmm. And like just the craziness that he is, he was in the middle of (laughs) sex experiment was his like serious topic. Like the, the, the diversity of, of methods was not as important to me as the heart and the effectiveness, man. I just want to see churches be effective regardless of your techniques and methods. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. So Talk to us for just a minute through the thought that you have in the book on the scenes of the church. 
you know, the, yeah. dif- the different scenes uh, of the weekend. Um, walk us through some of your thinking on that. Yeah, it's a it's uh, thinking through your church service or your morning Sunday morning experience or your weekend experience, uh, like scenes will really help you, uh, discover areas that you're, you're getting in the way of guests or that you're making the experience uncomfortable or difficult for them. So I almost think of it like this, like think of the church service experience as Lord of the Rings, right? It's like this epic saga that your guest is going on. And so mm-hmm. first they start in the Shire and they're going to uh, Weathertop and then they're whatever, all those places. I'm not super nerdy about Lord of the Rings. If it's magic, <laughs> I'm nerdy about it, but not Lord of the Rings. But uh, the idea is that, you know, every one of those scenes uh, the character is going from one scene to the other. And in those scenes, there are some things that are obstacles and there are some things that are helping him through the scene. There, mm-hmm. there are enemies. There are um, people that are kind of frustrating his plans. And then there are the allies. And our job is to become allies for our guests. And what that means is realizing, okay, in this scene, these are the challenges they're going to experience. And we're going to try to keep them from having to experience those challenges. Uh, and then realizing that transitioning from one scene to another is is probably one of the biggest points of anxiety. That's where the journey happens. So think of it like this, like we think about parking lot, right? The parking lot is a scene. So we think, okay, they're getting from the street onto our parking lot into a parking space. That's one scene. But the scarier thing is actually getting out of your car and walking to the building. Like mm, yep. people can park themselves. Yep. Like I understand what a parking lot is. I, I That's not a scary thing for me, but walking up to a building and walking up to a b- bunch of people congregating around a door, that's scarier for me. So Whenever we think of it like that, we can think, okay, how can we lower the anxiety people are feeling as they walk up to our building? How can we make sure that they know which door is the front door? Like, are they going to walk up to a locked door? Uh, All of these little things that we can break down in the experience and think through scene by scene to help guests have a better experience. I love it. I love it. You know, funny story from, from Champion Center history is we had a lady that pulled into the parking lot one day and pulled into the stall and just sat there. And, um, almost turned around. I mean, she was debating whether she wanted to walk uh-huh. in. And I just think we get, we get around church longer than five minutes and we forget that. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we forget that, that experience. And as it happened, one of our shuttle drivers, uh, saw her and pulled up his shuttle behind her car to drive her into church. Well, what he ended up doing without meaning to was blocking her in. <laughs> so, so she felt she, trapped. <laughs> she couldn't leave. She couldn't leave. So she um, she got out of her, you know, car and boarded the shuttle and, you know, went to the service and gave her life to Christ that day. <laughs> and um, th- that's, you know, that, that's a funny story. For, first of all, thank God for people that are, that are available and willing you know, yeah. to, to serve and to, you know, create those moments for guests. And, you know, at our, at our conference, um, in fact, we do this a lot on the weekends too, but I know specifically at our conference, team church conference, which by the way is happening next week, uh, at the plug. time of this recording. Yeah. Shameless plug <laughs> teamchurchconference.com for a live experience every session. Anyways. Um, <laughs> and we, uh, we, we actually train our volunteers. I probably shouldn't be saying this before the conference, but we train our volunteers that are out in the parking lot, even on how to have meaningful, you know, 10 second conversations, you know, like, like, Hey, are you, you, you ready for a great day today? You know, you, you expecting something big today. And, you know, just, of course you're walking past them so that your conversation is only going to be so long, but yeah. you know, w- where are you coming from today? Um, you know, and, and just treat, just, you know, giving them moments to engage with people 
Let's start to just break down the walls, you know, let that's, them know we're here huge. for you, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that, I think that's a huge, um, a huge culture thing is understanding that my function, my, my, my job title is not, so like, I'm not parking cars. Like exactly. again, people can park themselves. What I'm doing is I am creating a moment of, of joy, of anticipation, of excitement. I'm uh, reducing the stress people have of coming in and wondering if it's going to be a reserved spot. Like, yeah, you're, 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 you're parking cars, but what you're really doing is much deeper and much more profound than that is you are uh, building anticipation. You're changing those negative emotions people have and you're replacing them with positive emotions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. What would you want every team member listening to this, um, when they show up at their own church on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, what would you want them to remember as they drive into church and get ready to serve people all day long in church? What, what's a thought that you would want to, you know, bring back to their memory or leave with them as they're preparing to serve in church this weekend? Yeah, I would love every volunteer, every staff member, every church member, frankly, to, start thinking of themselves almost as bodyguards. So you think about the bodyguard who protects their client, like a, a bullet is coming for them. We've all seen that in the movie. It's slow motion. A bullet's coming toward the client and the bodyguard jumps in front of the bullet to take it on themselves so the client doesn't have to. Mm. I think of I think of uh, emotional bullets that happen on Sunday mornings where it's things that, you yeah. know, maybe we're not even doing it. Maybe it's things like, okay, my, my kid threw up. Like that's an emotional bullet. Like I am, I am mortified that my kid threw up at a church uh, that I'm, I'm a first time guest at. And everyone's looking at me. Everyone's judging me. My kid's crying in service. They're all judging me. There are all of these moments that, that are like emotional bullets coming toward us. And if we could, if we could take that on ourselves instead of letting the guest have to experience that, uh, that's a powerful and profound thing. So one of the stories we talk about in the comeback effect is like a mother, a, a, a single mother who wants to keep her baby in the service with her. And, you know, the, 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 the protocol is to rope off the back sections, right? We rope off the back sections because we're trying to push the push the, uh, the, the, the crowd dynamic forward. But she needs to sit in the back on an aisle because she wants to make a quick getaway if her kid starts crying. Sure. And so like, taking the bullet on ourselves would be like not not trying to make the mother fit into our into our system we would actually say okay i'm going to bend the policies in order for you to not have to experience that emotional bullet yep, like so good. i'm willing to break policy for your feelings and mm-hmm. i think that's a huge thing if we could start seeing ourselves that way yeah so well said man so well said um well Listen, here's the deal, Jonathan. I what I respect about you is um, I respect that you are planted in a church. I respect that you are a volunteer, but you own it with the spirit, you know, of an owner of of a staff member. Yeah. I appreciate that about you. I appreciate the fact that you keep trying through all these different lenses, all these different ways and avenues to make the church better. So I just wanted to say thank you to you for that. I appreciate that about you. Yeah. Um, Please keep doing what you're doing because um, I, I know that there are churches. I know I've been into a bunch of churches whose stage design I know came from <laughs> your side. And I, I got to appreciate that. And thank you for helping in very meaningful ways um, churches everywhere. I, I know it's making a big difference. Let me ask you one final question today, unprepped, um, un, you know, unprepared. I didn't send this one to you ahead of time. Just leave us with this thought. Why do you love the local church? 
Like, what is it about God's church that you love? Man, I love when churches fully embrace who God created them to be. So Mm -hmm. like there's this, there's this tendency to, uh, copy culture or copy other churches or copy other entertainment platforms. But man, I don't think that cuts it anymore. And so I agree. Like, you know, the, the previously the mega church model, and I'm not hating mega churches, like mega, mega churches are valuable, but the, the model rather was that we're going to create the best worship set, the best message. We're going to do something they've never seen before. But the problem is like technology and YouTube makes it where like, man, if I want to listen to the best message, I just pull up someone on YouTube. Like it's really easy. Or if I want to listen to an amazing worship experience, but, and so that's why a lot of millennials are feeling like they don't need church to experience God anymore. Like they're like, Mm. well, it's just a, I can, I can do that on YouTube. Right. So like, but there's this something that happens whenever we're who God created us uniquely to be. There's this dynamic that there's an experience that happens that can't happen on YouTube. There's a, there's a, a certain essence, a certain feeling. Again, we talk about the feeling that happens whenever we, we do what we're called to do and do things in unique ways, creative ways, uh, not just trying to entertain people cause that's no longer cutting it anymore, but, uh, but really being ourselves. And I think that's possible in mega churches. I'm not hating mega churches. I love mega churches, but, uh, the model of like just being the best possible, that's not necessarily what cuts it anymore. It's this, it's this extra, experience element. And I love when churches can do that because when we can do that, then they can, then people can find their identity in the church, which is the the body of Christ. And that's where God loves to uh, change people's lives and change the world is through that context. So good. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, if you specifically want to reference millennials, I think millennials do want to be part of something that's changing the world. Yeah, I'm a millennial. I want that. Absolutely. And want to be part of, of larger contexts and want to be part of something that's making a difference. But I also think there's a very real cry in millennials to want something that is authentic and yeah. relational and personal. And that comes out of exactly what you just said, out of out of a church discovering who it is, right? Yeah. And who God created it to be. So anyways, man, um, uh, thank you so much for all that you do. One more time, remind everyone or tell everybody where can they uh, purchase your book, uh, The Comeback Effect. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon right now. Uh, that's a that's the that's a great place to get it. But if you want to do it in bulk, um, ChristianBook.com I think has discounts in bulk. And uh, yeah, The Comeback Effect Amazon Christian Book, and then TheComebackEffect.com has all of the different outlets uh, that it'll be on. Awesome, man. We love you. Keep running strong. Appreciate you. Yeah. If this podcast has resonated with you today, we would love to hear from you. I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, uh, to leave us a, a rating, a comment, and consider sharing it with someone who doesn't yet know about the podcast. Uh, you can also go and get Jonathan's book, The Comeback Effect, on Amazon now. It's available uh, for you today, and I believe it'll help you, and it'll help your church team and Uh, Finally, man, we'd love to have you part of the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. Make sure to find us on Facebook, join our community, join our tribe, and head to teamchurchconference.com next week for a live experience at Team Church Conference. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a really fun week. So Leading Second, we love you. Let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. Oh!